0: Welcome to Superthank on X-Ray FM, a small space on the radio for members of your community, the good people of Portland, Oregon, to tell a story of gratitude.
1: And I'm looking for some help, and what do I find but the perfect thing? Powerful underwear.
2: And she's like, I'm not the only person that's proud of you. The entire campus is proud of you. They all are rooting for you, and they're proud of you. I'm like, wow, that's Intense. That's a lot of pressure. Why the hell did you tell me that? I'm Eric Klein.
0: SuperThank just hosted its fourth live storytelling event at the bar downstairs at Eastburn in Southeast Portland. Michelle Jones is one of SuperThank's founding members.
3: A little bit about gratitude. So we're all here because we're going to hear some stories of gratitude. And they're not just any stories of gratitude. So it's not just, like oh, I want to say thanks to my mom or something like that, because we get to do that a lot. What we're trying to do with Super Thank, our mission is radical community gratitude for stuff that matters. So this is gratitude that's not just like, oh, good job, we're glad you exist, but this is saying thank you to people and organizations that make us all better, that make our community better. So let's practice a little bit, right?
0: Michelle had the people in the audience turn to the person sitting next to them and tell them a story of gratitude, a short one.
3: If you were going to tell a story of gratitude tonight to somebody or to an organization that you think has impacted your life and in doing so has also made our community better, think about who that would be about.
0: So everyone in the room told their neighbor a 30-second story of gratitude, except for me because I was tucked away in Eastburn's little sound booth, separate from everyone. So here's my story of gratitude. It's short. The last time I had a paying job in radio, I helped contribute to a daily show playing my part in over 750 hours of programming devoted to war, atrocity, corruption, lies, death, radiation. I don't have that job anymore. I volunteer with X-Ray, and I help make SuperThank. Over the past six months, I've had an outlet to practice my craft of making radio, contributing about four hours of programming, humbly devoted 100% to the people of Portland sharing stories of gratitude with you.
3: Expressing gratitude makes us feel a little bit better. And it's a nice way to spend an evening, is thinking about gratitude and thinking about things and people and organizations that um, make us feel good, that make us happier.
0: If you told a story of gratitude, who would you thank? Think about it. Later in the program, I'll let you in on how you can share your story with us. But first, Michelle Jones introduces her good friend, Dee Williams.
3: So our first storyteller of this evening is a very dear friend of mine who I have known now for, I guess, six years. A long time. And I can tell you from knowing Dee for a long time, my life wouldn't be the same without her in it. And she says the same about me to other people, she says, but so it's kind of that thing. And one of the things that I've always known to Dee to be part of, Dee talks all the time about gratitude and compassion and kindness and grace and humility. And the story that we're about to hear from her is a story that I don't think she's ever really told before in this kind of setting. And maybe never will again. So... You get a special, extra special treat tonight to get to hear this story from Dee, uh, to kick off our night of stories of gratitude. So please welcome Dee Williams.
1: So one of the things they don't tell you when somebody from Superthink contacts you is that there are other people on the other side of the microphone so I'm nervous and then the, the other thing that's been a challenge for me just getting ready for tonight is that I have so many people and entities that I'm thankful for so um, it's been very hard for me to center, center on one story and the story that uh, Michelle contacted me on to, to tell has morphed into like 15 stories so um, the story I want to tell, I'm going to, I'm going to backpedal just a little bit before I tell it and give you guys some information that will help make the story make sense. And so one of the, one of the little factoids is that um, some years ago I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure, cardiomyopathy, this weird arrhythmia in my heart that was causing my heart to get stiffer less pumpable, and um, my diagnosis was that I had three to five years to live. I've far surpassed that because I'm a grand champion. Woohoo! hoo And um, so that's one fact, is that I am a cardiac care patient, which has taken me years to be able to stand up in front of people and admit, you know, nobody wants to attach the word failure to who they are. And it's a part of who I am. The other thing is that uh, years ago, uh, after being diagnosed, I decided to build a little tiny house on wheels. This house is roughly the size of a tool shed. And it sits behind some friend of mine's house. So uh, it sits behind uh, my friend Rita, who at the time that I'm going to tell this story was, was 86, 87 years old. She was very old. She was... Um, confined to a wheelchair after having a stroke. And um, she became somebody that modeled her health condition with such grace. And so I'm going to tell a story about me and Rita and then also offer up my accolades to the store Target. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a chain store. But um, that's who I really want to thank tonight is Target the chain store. And now that I've told you I have a congestive heart failure and I'm a caregiver to an 86-year-old woman in a wheelchair, you must be wondering why I'm so thankful for Target. So here's, here's the story I'm going to tell. And um, it, it starts with the fact that uh, I'm feeling insecure in my health. And this is a regular routine for me. I often feel Like, I wonder what tomorrow is going to be like, especially if I have some big event like getting up in front of a bunch of people to tell the story of gratitude, and maybe they haven't had quite enough beer yet, and I'm concerned about that. So uh, I get nervous, my heart rate goes up, and I wonder, how is tomorrow going to go? So one of the things over the years that I found is that I need just a little, I, I need a little help. I need a little helper. And so years ago, I I went out to Target, the chain store, and I'm looking for some help. And what do I find but the perfect thing? Powerful underwear. (laughs) That's right, underwear that had a giant S on the front. Superwoman. Superwoman underwear. Underwear. And so I bought a pair of Superwoman underwear. I also bought a pair that had Wonder Woman on the front of it, and it just said, Shazam, (laughs) because you never know. And so I took this underwear home, and I'm, you know, I'm pickled up in the backyard in my little tool shed of a house, and, you know, Rita is in the big house modeling Aging with Grace, and I'm in the backyard modeling my underwear. And, um... You know, I go to bed that night thinking, tomorrow is going to be a powerful day for sure. <laughs> so sure enough, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, I hear this boom, boom, boom on the door. And I roll over and I look, up, look out the loft window out, out of my house, and I can see that there are some firefighters standing at Rita's back door. And instantly, I know something's wrong with Rita. You know, they're pounding on the the sliding glass door. So I launch myself out of my bed, out of the loft where I sleep. I throw the front door open and launch myself into the lawn with nothing but a T-shirt and my powerful underwear (laughs) on. And, of course, the response is the firefighters kind of spin on their heels looking at, oh, my God, who is this powerful woman jumping out of the tool shed?
4: <laughs>
3: you
1: know, what is her role to play in this mayhem? So, I run across the lawn and give them a look like, "Follow me." A knowing look. I run past them. I run to the front of Rita's house. There are more firefighters in the front lawn. And they too spin on their heels like, "Who is this powerful woman?" And I give them a look. I open Rita's door. We charge in. We get back to Rita's bed, and Rita had fallen out of bed. She was crumpled up on a Kleenex box. And you know, I I walk in, and she's like, "Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, uh, save me! I've fallen on the Kleenex box." And so I run over, and the firefighters kind of clomp in behind me. They check Rita out. They get her back into bed. I fluff her pillows. And uh, you know, all of a the sudden, there's this collective sigh of the firefighters and me just like this. Oh, Rita's OK. The day is saved. You know, everything is OK. And that's about the time that I realize I'm the odd man out. I'm the one standing there in powerful underwear and nothing else. And all the firefighters have their big baggy pants and their big boots and their suspenders. And, and so I'm like, how am I going to save myself from this awkward moment? So I put my hands on my hips, and I kind of look around at them, and I look at Rita, and I'm like, well, I think my work here is done. <laughs> and we all start laughing. It's very funny, and uh, I kind of grab a bathrobe and leave. And about a week later, I run into the firefighter, who uh, one of the firefighters who had come by, and that firefighter is like, ah, Superwoman! I've been telling that story all over town. And I'm like, God, I love living in a small town, you know. So my homage is to Target Store for selling super powerful underwear. And my encouragement in all of this is that we all need that sense of um, humility and gratitude and. Uh, superpower underwear to get through the day sometimes, so I have something I wanted to share with a few people uh, to close out my story. And um, they're brave bots. Have you guys heard of these brave bots? Has anybody heard of them? Super cool. Uh, they're made by Gary Hirsch. He made a whole bunch of them for the World Domination Summit that happened a few months ago. They're these these little robots that you can actually program to turn on and make you more brave. I know it sounds foolish, we're all very mature, but it actually works. Just like the super powerful underwear. So um, I have ten of these, and if you guys will wander up, there's a there's a little more information on the back of the Brave bot, but I'd really like to offer them to you guys. Um, you know, unless you want to go get the underwear, that is. So thank you, you guys.
0: Thanks to D Williams for that story. You're listening to Super Thank on X-ray FM. We have another story of gratitude from our most recent live event coming up. But first, Michelle Jones from Superthank introduces the host for the live event, our friend Blue.
3: Blue was at our very, very first storytelling event. Back when we used to have them at Beach Street Parlor. And got involved first through an open mic session and then told a story. And ever since then, she's just been integral to our community and comes to our regular meetings and volunteers like, how can I help? I want to help any way I can. We said, great. Uh, we, you've been here before. You've been in this position. You know what it's like to come up and tell a story of gratitude. So let's help shepherd the storytellers through the night. So Blue is going to be the MC for the rest of the night. Her superpower happens to be really good one-liners. So please welcome Blue, who will now introduce you to the next storyteller of the night.
4: Thank you, Michelle, and thank you, Dee, for that wonderful story about courage and superpowers. Yeah. yeah. The next thanker that I'm going to be introducing for the night is a man by the name of Kishay Anderson. He is um, the MC. And host of a radio show called The Hugs and Shrugs Show. And he is also someone who gives great hugs that smell good. That that really made a difference in my life. And also his superpower is besides being in the way. He is also able to make other people feel awesome and ex- exemplify their superpowers. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm round of applause for Kishay
2: Anderson. 1B, 2Cs, 3Ds, and 2Fs. That was what I told my mother after I got my report card in my sophomore year of high school. And she didn't say anything to me. She just walked away from me and walked into her room and closed her door. I thought at that point in time she had a gun hidden somewhere and she was going to shoot me with it. But what happened was even worse than that, because if she had actually shot me with a gun, at least I would know exactly how she felt and she would be pissed off at me. But more so than that, she didn't say a word to me for two or three days. And I don't know if anybody has ever felt that feeling when your parent or whomever, the adult in your young life, gives you that kind of reaction of such great disappointment that they can't even stand to look at you. But that is a very cold and very terrible feeling. When I was in high school, um, I was going through a lot of hard times. There was a big, massive divorce going on between my mother and my father. And while this was happening, my mother was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So every single day there would be either a seizure or... Um, a, a fit or something related to her disease that would make life extraordinarily hard not just for her but for me as well so at the age of 16 I would stay up until 5 o'clock in the morning and I would miss school simply because when you stay up until 5 o'clock in the morning you cannot really apply yourself to your scholastic duties and so thus was my, my report card um, she didn't understand why it was that it was that way and when she not so much expressed that disappointment but when I perceived that disappointment from her when she walked away closed the door and then talked to me for three days I knew that this was me hitting rock bottom that my career in high school was pretty much over I mean I wasn't a bad kid let me, let me first say that I wasn't a very terrible child. I never beat anybody up. I never went around robbing stores or selling drugs or feeding chocolate to dogs or anything to that degree. I was actually a pretty good and genuine kid, and I was for a time pretty intelligent. But I think a lot of times people expect smart kids to do well in school and then forget that there's this thing called real life, and it happens to you. And sometimes you get down and sometimes you get low. And sometimes you feel like you don't have any option for escape. And that's a very sad and a very dark place that a lot of people go through. And that's where I was until my Savior came into my life. Her arrival into my life was like, It was like one of those things in the movies where you see the light shining in from the door and out from the light comes this dark shadow and it just comes clearer and clearer. And you're like, oh, my gosh, let me behold this this site. This sight for me was a very, very small, five foot two, very well dressed, high heels wearing 60 plus year old lady whose name was Mildred Olay. Mildred Olay was one of my mother's clients. My mother actually uh, was a personal fitness instructor. And she was struggling hard with her MS to try to get other people to become fit in their lives, especially people that were over 50. And so Mildred was one of her clients. And Mildred was the executive dean of Portland Community College Cascade Campus. One day, my mother confided in Mildred about how she was afraid that I was not going to make it as a child, and she was afraid that, like many other children, I would wind up either dead or on the streets or in jail. And it just so happens that Mildred Olay had crafted a program called the High School Completion Program at PCC Cascade. And she didn't say anything to mom. She said, hey, let me talk to Cachet for a second. And she threw me the pitch. She said, Cache. What would you say if I were to tell you that you could get all of your high school credit and all of your college credit and you could be at a college campus and we can give you an alternative to what you are doing in a regular high school? And I looked at Mildred and I said, yeah, why, why not? That sounds like a great idea for me. And so I was the very first student to sign up for that program in the summer of 1999. Um, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. When I got to Portland Community College, I was amazed because here I am, 16 years old, standing amongst a whole bunch of grown people who, instead of playing around and not taking their education lightly, they were taking their education seriously simply because number one, they're paying for it, and number two, their lives depended on it. Now, when I got there, the first thing that I thought to myself was wow. <laughs> there are so many fine ass grown women here. <laughs> I am going to have such a good time in this place. Because it's like I was sixteen, you know, and you'd see grown women and they look good, and you're just like Pfft. <laughs> History? <laughs> I'd like to know the history of you. <clears throat> but in that year, in the first year that I was there. I still continued to struggle with my grades to the point that I was put on academic probation and I was risking getting kicked out. Now, the look that my mother had given me when she found out what my grades were in the sophomore was a lot less severe than the one that she gave me when she found out I was placed on academic probation. And she thoroughly cussed me out to the point that the neighbors were concerned And then, once again, Molly, who my mother, Mildred, who my mother referred to as Molly, I don't know why, uh, once again stepped in and said, Kishay, you're struggling a little bit. What do you think you need to do in order to get past your hurdles? And I said, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I can do. Like, I'm I'm struggling right now. I'm going through all these things with my family and the divorce and mom's health and everything, and I feel still trapped. And she said, how about you get involved in student life? I mean, what do you mean? Well, there's a student programming, student activities, student government. I'm like, well, I'm 16. I don't know nothing about student government. But she said, just give it a try. So I gave it a try. And I excelled. At that. And every single time that I ever had a problem, Dr. Mildred Olay was always there for me to give me sound advice. And since that day, I have always been involved in some kind of a volunteer work or some kind of an active work simply because she had enough faith in one human being to say, I believe in you. I think that you can accomplish great things, and I see something inside of you. That is wonderful. And these are the things that she said to me. And I didn't believe it. But as time progressed, more people started saying that to me. People that I work with, they were like, well, you're just an amazing person. Like, I, I love being around you. You have such this present. I'm just like, eh, well, no, not really. I'm just some dumb kid who's looking at your boobs right now. I mean, that's, just, that's, just, that's kind of w- where I'm at right now. But when you get into that kind of situation where people encourage you, you become more inspired to be a better person, to do more things, to become more involved. And any time I got down, I would go and visit Mildred's office, and I would, you know, and Mildred's busy; she's the executive dean of of a, of a community college, so she's got meetings left and right. But she always took the time to say at least hello. How are you doing? Are you doing all right? And then when, you know, graduation time came in 2003, she once again, you know, pulled me over. She said, you know what? I'm proud of you. And I said, well, thank you. I, you know, I'm kind of proud of myself too. And she said, I'm not the only person that's proud of you. The entire campus is proud of you. The entire population knows about you. They all are rooting for you and they're proud of you. I'm like, wow, that's intense. That's a lot of pressure. Why the hell did you tell me that? <laughs> Why would you say such a thing like that? Like Now, now I've got a whole bunch of pressure going into, into, into getting my bachelor's degree. But it was true. And a lot of people were happy to know me. And they said many positive things. And I think that they would be surprised that to know that the person that they're saying this to, years before, when he presented his report card to his mom and his mom turned her back on him in utter shame spent that night holding a knife to his wrist and it's kind of a hard thing to 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 say to somebody that you know i was that suicidal person and you don't you don't expect the happy people to be suicidal but happy people have dark thoughts too and I can only thank Dr. Mildred Olay for pulling me out of the darkness. And that's, there's no price that I can put on that. And it's so great, even just last year I was in another dark period of my t- life. And not that I actively wanted to go and talk to, to Mildred, because it had been years since I had talked to her, but the situation in my life led me to have to call her. And she knew immediately that there was problems and she said to me something that I think each and every single one of us forget in our lives when we come across that dark part where everything seems like it's really bleak and everything seems like, oh, you're just going to go through this phase and every, every single ounce of the, of the earth is piling on you and you just want to escape and you just want to get away. And she said this to me, and this is exactly what I'm going to say to each and every one of you today. You are special you are important enough in this world for you to do and be something special. And no matter how bad you feel, no matter how much your, your life gives you such hardships, just remember that these hardships are just testing out how special of a person you are. So you all are very, very special people. I don't know any of you except for, like, a couple of you. And each and every one of you have that special quality. And if you think that you don't, think again. You do. I'm living proof of that. So with that being said, um, to Dr. Olay, if you're listening, which you are because I'm going to send her this, this uh, the clip <laughs> of this simply because she deserves to hear how much of a special person she is. Thank you for being my angel and my savior.
0: Thanks to Kashia Kilson Anderson for sharing his story. That's it for this episode of SuperThank. We're online at SuperThank.org. We want to hear your gratitude story, so you can call us at 503-610-0855. 503-610-0855 503-610-0855 Special thanks to Portland's own Poddington Bear for all of the music heard on this program and thank you for listening